Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a man who's got incredible experience in the years of professional security uh, in both public and private sectors. Wayne Black, for more than a decade, was the security advisor and, and PSD lead for former Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld. He routinely details threat assessments for schools, churches, synagogues, hospitals, and other facilities. He's personally supervised protection details and special threat assessments in the U.S., Central Asia, the Middle East, Africa, Europe, and South America. Uh, and as a contractor for the Department of Homeland Security after the events of 9-11, he supervised a red team conducting threat assessments at designated national security events. This guy doesn't just talk the talk, folks. He walks the walk. His name is Wayne Black, and I want to welcome him to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Wayne, I I got to tell you uh, that more than ever, we need people like you on the national scene talking to Americans about what needs to be done to protect not just American citizens, but to protect our children in schools. So let's start with Uvalde and what happened there. And we all understand the fog of war. We all understand what happens when immediately after a traumatic event uh, and things get a little mixed up. But it sounds to me like things were totally screwed up in Uvalde, Texas, where uh, 19 uh, children were shot and two teachers as well. Talk to me, Wayne. Judge, I'm happy to be here. It was just a failure at so many levels, failure of planning and everything else. I mean, the fact that we're now learning that the room where the most of the children were, were killed was unable to be locked. It just says it all. I mean, the whole purpose of school police or, or anyone that does an assessment, apparently they did not, is to make sure that something happens to plan for the when, not the if. And yes. so that was the start of it. And then, of course, the failure to go in. I mean, the only people they detained were parents trying to rescue their own children in, in 75 minutes, Judge, as you know, it took to, to get in there. You know, I, I got to tell you, folks, uh, Wayne Black has written an article uh, on the Uvalde school shooting. He says it was a failure of leadership, not gun laws. Uh, and it's, is it in the Federalist? Is that where it is, Wayne? I'm reading it online. Yes, ma'am, it is. Okay, well, I would recommend to all my listeners that you read it. I mean, it is very clear. It's very concise. But, you know, Wayne, you and I understand that when there's a shooting, you go toward the shooting, especially when children are involved. You've got these school resource officers. And I must tell you, I've known many of them in my career. And, and you know, some of them are really take their job seriously. Some of them are retired detectives who decided, you know what, I want to stay in law enforcement, but I don't want to have the, you know, the, the day in, day out shooting stabbings. Uh, but some of them are also, they just kind of see it as a retirement. They're out of shape. You know, they don't take things seriously. And I got to tell you, this Pete uh, uh, Abandando, uh, he, he strikes me as a guy who, you know, is on the donut brigade and uh, there's not much else going on. And the lies that were perpetrated saying they were looking for a key for 70 minutes when the door wasn't even locked and it wasn't even capable of being locked uh, it would infuriate any any parent and parent 
parents actually being handcuffed who are trying to go into the school to get their children out. What is the obligation? You, you're in a hallway. You hear children crying, screaming. You know they're bleeding out. You know they've been shot. You know that seconds count, not minutes, seconds count. And you've got some bozo out there who doesn't know what he's doing. Do you break the chain of command? What do you do, Wayne, in a situation like this? If you've already, you're in the hallway, you're a cop, you got a gun, you got a body shield. Talk to me. Well, Judge, you go in. You absolutely have to go in. And it's like, do you obey an unlawful order? First, I'm not sure he was there at the very beginning, but the first officer or two, the first officer needs to push push through. And, and it boils down to this, Judge. If you don't want to do this, if you haven't planned to do this, then you should sell car insurance or something. If you you know you put the badge on, that's your obligation uh, with a school, especially to go in and rescue the kids. And in your article, you specifically say, after receiving grazing gunshot wounds from the Uvalde gunmen, the Uvalde police showed rank cowardice and retreated. So we're talking about the school police or the town police. Who are we talking about there? Well, um, both. I think the first the first batch of police were there at the school were school police. Um, but again, there was no plan at the first sound of gunfire. The teachers should have known, should have been trained by the school police to lock their doors. And the school police should have done an assessment to know that all doors lock. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm worried about, Judge. I think when it shake, shakes out that if anyone did fire back at this guy, mm-hmm. if they were grazed, that I wonder if there's going to be friendly fire. I wonder if we, we call it pray and spray, so mm-hmm. which is a, a negligent way to fire. I wonder if ballistics will show that some of the, the officers that did fire uh, actually hurt children. Interesting. You know, they've got the, and, and that is a frightening, frightening thought, but you've got the Texas uh, Department of Public Safety, the state police, so to speak, the Texas Rangers, I'm, I'm not sure what they're called, but it's the state law enforcement agency. They've been incredibly critical of the local school police saying that it was an abject failure. I mean, can we expect that that kind of assessment by the state of the school police is in some way that they know what you're talking about when you talk about the friendly fire? I think that's right. I mean, I hope so. But like Parkland judge, it's only going to shake out in terms of the details uh, in civil actions. I predict, I mean, we learned more in Parkland, in the civil cases um, than we did really from the beginning, from the evidence. So it's yeah. just, it just couldn't, it just couldn't be more ugly. I mean, you think of the amount of officers were there and they fell into groupthink. and to have this police chief now say he didn't consider himself to be the incident commander. I mean, he's the de facto incident commander when he arrives, even, you know, he even came without a radio for God's sakes. Yeah, and it is amazing. I mean, you always have someone who is, you know, the commander, who is the leader in charge. And for this guy to not even, you know, designate, you know, this is going to be where we're going to make our decisions. You know, we're going to bring in a unified uh, uh, frontier because you've got other agencies coming. And you've got you've got board, border, uh, 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 they call him Bortek, who was a Border Patrol officer who was, I guess, from with SWAT, who grabbed a gun at the at the uh, barber shop and decided to go in himself and shoot the uh, shooter? I don't know if that ever turned out to be the case. Is that true, Wayne? Do you know? 
Well, that's what we're hearing. It's still it's still being reported. Then there's the story of the of the local police officer whose wife's a school teacher. She later she called him, but later died on the way to the hospital. Um, he was disarmed by someone, I think, by the school police. He wanted to go in. And he was detained and disarmed and not allowed to go in and rescue the children and his wife. You know, and, and I admire you for, you know, the way you look at it. You're looking at this very factually, and I'm editorializing and, and saying this is outrageous. I mean, if your wife is in that school, I mean, nothing could stop me other than the local police putting cuffs on me from going into that school myself. And there is a mother that, that reports are who was cuffed by the local police who then apparently, and I don't know if this turned out to be the case, was able to get the uh, to convince them that she wasn't going to do anything, back off, and then run around the school and grab her kids, whether that's true or not. But you know, what do we do now? We harden the schools. Uh, we've got a. What else do we need to do, Wayne Black? Well, in states like Florida, for example, Governor DeSantis has this uh, assessment tool that he sends out to all public schools through the Department of Education and requires them to do an assessment, fill out the tool, the online tool, and report back to them. And it has things like door locks, planning, lockdown drills, et cetera. And so they're all over it. Every state needs to do that. Um, Private schools are so far ahead uh, judge of, of the other schools because they just do it. They don't have a board to worry about. I mean, mm-hmm. think of the natural conflict. You know this better than anybody. This police chief is elected to the school board. Mm-hmm. So he has a conflict. He's supposed to be telling the school board what they need to do, and yet he's being paid to be on the school board. Interesting. Interesting. That is a conflict. That is now now com- uh, a conflict of interest. But, you know, that's sometimes what happens in situations where people just think it can't happen to them it can never be a problem and you're right Wayne Black the private schools certainly have this together you know who else has it together uh when you've got some of the uh some of the churches and some of the synagogues you know that are used to being attacked i mean they've got a game plan and yet we've got our most precious you know resources children and we don't really have a game plan other than you know a bunch of cops some of whom have no idea whether or not they're even in charge don't even know whether to go toward the gunfire and stand in outside a building for 77 minutes and fight with parents whose kids are dying on the inside i can't imagine what the screams are like i can't imagine what the 911 calls are are going to reveal in terms of the pain of these kids a little girl covering herself in blood at the uvalde school to convince the shooter that she was dead it was her girlfriend's blood i mean this is craziness this guy abandondo not only should he be fired there's got to be something, some kind of dereliction of duty, Wayne Black, that he's got to suffer because people died because he was incompetent and he didn't do his job. And if you're going to take on a job, you have to be accountable. I think that's right. I don't know how those those guys live with themselves, judges, even the first one or two or up to 20 people. If you're, Let's say you're number 20, 21 that arrives and everybody else is standing around looking stupid. You've got to go in and, and engage. And how about this? The police were breaking windows to get children out of other classrooms. Why didn't they go to this classroom's window and take a shot or two at this guy who is two feet taller than anybody else in the classroom? That would have drawn his attention. They probably could have shot him. Those were not hurricane windows. They could have, if they had any training at all, it was like a 10-foot shot with a pistol. They could have 
they taken him out at the time. You know what? I must tell you, Wayne Black, uh, you are certainly knowledgeable about this. I think everybody ought to take a look at Wayne Black's article in The Federalist. The Uvalde school shooting was a failure of leadership, not gun laws by Wayne Black. My friend, you do great work. Thank you so Thanks, much. Church. And born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org.